Thanks for tuning in to our Clubhouse podcast, where we have candid and open conversations about mental health and anything related to it. Our Clubhouse is located in Richmond, British Columbia, where we support adults recovering from and living with mental illness. You will be hearing from both members and staff where our thoughts and our opinions are our own. Today, you will be hearing from our own staff, Ashley, Janine, maybe Aaron, and our very own young adult, Stuart, as well as me, Andy. I am also a staff. Anyway, <laughs> welcome. Thank you for joining. You get better at that every time, Andy. <laughs> Thank you. I really want to uh, just showcase my radio voice, as Maurice said last time. Mm-hmm. Okay, so this uh, podcast we decided would be on diet culture. And since uh, that's something that very much affects everyone, whether they realize it or not, it's probably important to talk about. So, Ash, you had some stuff you'd like to talk about. Is there any anything that you wanted to bring up just to begin with? If not, I've got some ideas. Yeah, maybe some prompts. Sure. All <laughs> right. Well, how about, how about we just, first of all, explain maybe to people who don't know diet um, what <laughs> diet culture is and like kind of what it entails, just so that we're all on the same page. Um, very good idea. Does anyone want to explain what diet culture is? <laughs> Okay, I can take that one. Um, So I guess if I were to try to condense that diet culture is essentially what society has dictated people should be consuming or looking like or exercising like that kind of stuff. So in terms of we'll talk about this later on, or maybe even now about uh, good and bad foods, or uh, you know, clean and unclean foods, which are essentially the same idea, how that is uh, inaccurate and very damaging to, you know, anyone's eating in general. Uh, something like that, that's part of diet culture as well. So. How it is so wonderfully tied into beauty standards and self-esteem and therefore marketing and this goes on and on and on and on. Exactly. It's intertwined with literally every aspect of our lives, more so than people might realize, which is awful sometimes. So, <laughs> Food is everywhere. Food is a necessity. So of exactly. course it's going <laughs> to... Love that. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, so maybe that's actually something we can start talking about is the, the idea of uh, good and bad foods, like assigning that morality to food. What do you have uh, about that, Ash? Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like I have a lot to say about that. I mean, um, I think one of the big kind of misconceptions that gets put out there with a lot of fad diets that have been around is like a non-fat diet or a carb-free diet. And I think that it does a huge disservice to people, especially people that are trying to work out. Um, that um, they don't realize that um, your macros are actually what's most important to get you through the day, to get you through your workout and to keep you um, like recovering your muscles after your workout because working out, you, you break down your muscles. Um, so instead of tracking like calories or just what I'm eating, the only thing that I really like to track is my macros. So I know that I'm getting enough. So I need protein, carbs, and fat. So if I'm going to do a workout, I need all those three things or I'm not going to be successful. I'm not going to stay full 
until my next meal. Um, and just finding the right balance for you about how much carbs, fat, and um, protein you should be having and recognizing that carbs are important. They keep you going. Fat is good for you. They give you nice skin. It gives you good, good hair. Like it gives you so many benefits and the world has taken the word fat and put such a negative connotation on it that all you hear when you think that is negativity and not, Ooh, this is good for my body. Mm-hmm. For sure. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's not because now, like you said, like carbs and fats are the enemy when in reality, it's just an excess of everything that would be potentially have negative reper- uh, repercussions, but it's not one or the other. You need all of them to survive. So, to There's live. no such thing as bad food. Exactly. It's all there for a reason. Like your body exactly. needs certain amounts of certain things. <laughs> Absolutely. Stuart, thoughts? Um, I find it interesting. Like I, it confuses me a bit with like the way, like how, maybe like 20 years ago this was looked that good and now it's looked that bad and I feel like it's always switching around and there's always new products I I always like um I find a lot of food these days like has like not chemicals but a lot of processed food out there and I feel like there's like more to do with like cleaner food now but it really shocks me like just how like for example it's such a normal thing for people to go to mcdonald's even though like it's such bad food so like quality wise and like health wise like if you eat a lot of mcdonald's like it leads to problems so i just find it like very interesting because like what might work for somebody might not work for somebody else and what works for them might not work for somebody else so i like what ashley said about the fat Mm -hmm. i feel like there's nothing wrong with having some fat in your diet and I feel like it's good. Like, I don't want to weigh 600 pounds, but I feel like having like some nice, like good fat in my meat is good to have. And it can lead to health benefits. Cause I kind of feel like it's good to have low fat, but like, you don't want to lose all your fat. This subject's like a bit new to me, to be honest with you all. So it's uh, interesting hearing your, all your mm-hmm. views. Yeah, totally. No, that's, that's, it's, it's great to, you know, learn about that all together, right? Yeah, but and I like true. Stuart, when you said like how it kind of like there's different waves of like foods and it's like interesting how it is like very true. You could like look at what foods are considered good and bad in quotations as like kind of like fashion trends almost like remember when like avocados <laughs> were a big thing and like blueberries like they all have like their moments of like them being quote-unquote in season as like the best food you can have and like how even that isn't consistent and how it changes with like whatever is considered like a again in quotations good body or good diet you know that no, kind of goes hand in hand I think with the whole idea of superfoods too mm-hmm. how people have suddenly taken some foods some nutrients that are like supposedly so much better for you than anything else and it's like all right that's not really true that's just a marketing thing so like quinoa is good yeah I mean it's nutritionally dense sweet but it's high in protein yeah also which is really cool um but it's not like it's not gonna cure you it's not a cure-all that's not that's not what but that's what they're marketing at but like a eat this and you'll never have any health problems ever it's like all right solid (laughs) I also find like when um, you were mentioning Stuart, the like the low fat like fads is um, 
you know, I, I was put through diets a lot as a teenager. Um, my mom had me on Weight Watchers when I was 15. Oh, wow. And so I, I learned that dieting was finding low fat foods, not eating whole foods that would fill me. So mm-hmm. I would go and I would find low fat cookies and low fat cheese and all these different low fat things. But the thing is, they were all made of chemicals. The thing that made them still taste good when you took away all of their fat was just crap that I should have been putting in my body. And I wasn't filling myself. Mm-hmm. I was just eating things that, because they were called low fat. Mm-hmm. It's interesting you say that. Cause I was going to like, it, I don't understand like why, if I own a business, why would I put chemicals in the food and like pretty much like if I did that to you where you work, it'd be considered poisoning you and I could get in trouble. But because they have millions of dollars, it's not a big deal to people. And I don't understand like where the logic comes in of giving somebody food that has all these chemicals and preservatives and all this stuff when really it's like that's I I don't understand it to be honest it's cheap yeah it all comes back to it's very cheap to produce and they make a lot of money off of it so and it's easy to sell Mm -hmm. yeah yeah Yeah, it really comes down to money unfortunately and that's that's kind of the sad part it's me and the homies hate capitalism What are those? What is it called? Oh, buzzwords. It has buzzwords on it. So it makes it more sellable. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's all marketing, right? I mean, superfoods. No one actually wants you to lose weight Mm -mm. because then you'll stop buying their products. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But in terms of like what we were talking about earlier, I think Stuart, you mentioned that as well in terms of how things have changed, like even talking about like fad diets, right? Like back then Atkins, you haven't heard about Atkins in a long time yeah my dad used to be on Atkins and it's such a short-term uh let's say gain I guess loss I suppose in terms of weight loss but you bounce right back if, if not getting back 90 percent of your original weight or more yeah because it's not but meant really, to be sustainable it's exactly just... because it's just not possible <laughs> mm-hmm how are you supposed to cut out carbs? Like it's in literally everything. And now that's back as keto. <laughs> and now it's, oh, yeah. Oh it's my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> I, I have things to say about keto and it's Please not, do. it's not necessarily that it's bad. It's just um, kind of with the whole, like one size does not fit all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So for me, I am vegan and gluten-free. Um, it started as um for health reasons, not because I was like, this is a healthier diet, but just because it's what my body wanted. Um, And I went to a family dinner and I had a salad as my meal. And my dad was on keto at the time and he was beside me and he had a hamburger with a chunk of cheese melted on top and two pieces of bacon. And that was his meal. And he was saying to me, like, how can you eat that? How is that filling? Like, what is the point of that? And I'm looking at him like, what what like how is that feeling how is that good so it's just it's so interesting how we each take our own little pieces of this to fit us and and it just I don't even know how to articulate this it's just so strange how how we can't always relate to each other with that kind of stuff Mm -hmm. yeah absolutely I feel like um 
I, I like I've always believed like whatever works for you that's healthy go for it if you're getting improvements like I totally support that I've always been a firm believer in like clean food non-chemicals like I'm even starting to give more of a vegan stance on a little bit like I like my I'm not gonna give up meat but I'm, <laughs> I'm Ashley's joy is just <laughs> I can't give up my steak and my ribs and my roasts and that, but like I've been trying to more like gluten-free stuff and vegan like protein drinks and things like that. And I just noticed there's with a lot of these diets, like not all of them, but I feel like a lot of them are just like opinion based or kind of not really like scientific. Like when I hear diets that are like for example, like only eat one small meal a day. Like I feel like you're kind of like starving yourself of nutrients and stuff. Yeah, no, absolutely. Like, I think that goes back to both you and Ashley and Janine have mentioned about how it's, it's not one size fits all. Like that's why if someone gives you nutritional advice, like even if they are super fit or whatever, or healthy for themselves, great. But that doesn't necessarily mean that their advice is going to work for you right? Mm -hmm. Because what works for my mom, for example, she's, uh, unfortunately, she's, she's gluten intolerant, and she has problems with her sugar, of course, because gluten and sugar. Um, But her specific diet won't necessarily work for me in the way that either I want it or need it. I feel the same way is like, people will hear me talk about veganism, and they'll be like, I don't want to be a vegan. And I'm like, you don't have to be a vegan but I I do and it's like this is what works for me and I know like you guys see a lot of what I eat in a day and that absolutely would not work for everybody Mm -hmm. and it's it's just what works for me and my health and my body and like my activity level like I am very protein focused but that's because I work out six days a week for an hour and a half a day Mm -hmm. and if I didn't have protein I would be sitting slumped in my chair with no energy yeah if I may say, Ashley, you kind of inspired me more to give the vegan thing a more open mm-hmm. mind. There, oh. There's some like things I don't agree with, but I do think there are some like benefits and like uh, positive attributes to certain things in it. I really appreciate mm-hmm. your open, open-mindedness to that. I, really I think that's do. anything that's like what anyone can ask for, right? Like it's just at least being open, mm-hmm. at least, un- at least not necessarily like implementing it necessarily I mean that would be great too but even just understanding it so that's already like a solid point there it's really cool yeah and um, I mean realistically like a lot of things that we eat are also like a lot of dishes that people eat might already be vegan or vegetarian it's just it's not marketed in that way necessarily but they there's actually this thing in veganism where you find these like magical things that aren't like are vegan but they're not marketed that way because people are afraid to market things to just vegan people because they think that only vegans will eat them so a good example oreos vegan yeah classic yeah Yeah, yeah, (laughs) yeah. but if they marketed them as vegan oreos then the people who are like no vegan would not buy them maybe but not buy them so yeah so it's like you kind of go through the grocery aisles and you're like is this oh oh it is it is nope it's not (laughs) That's true. I love, I actually found that out recently and I was so shocked. It was so exciting. It made it like more exciting for me, to be honest, but also fun fact, they're coming out with also gluten-free Oreos. 
I know this oh. just reminded me that I have a box of them at home and I'm like, I'm going to go home and eat a bunch. <laughs> did, you, did, you buy, did you find the gluten-free vegan ones? I mean, yeah. the gluten-free oh, ones? Nice. Yeah. How are they? Well, I haven't had a real Oreo, a real Oreo <laughs> in about three years, but to me, it tastes like the real thing. That's, that's all you need then. That's awesome. Yeah. That's good to know. <laughs> that is amazing. I mean, why not? We, we should all pitch in and get Ashley a vegan champion trophy. Yes. <laughs> I am so down for that. How about um, a hoodie? have like a a big like cake or something with like a stop sign and then it says gluten-free only baby (laughs) i love your ideas Stuart. this is great i love it that means Stuart, you're making you're making the the cake using one of ashley's recipes i still (laughs) think about that gluten-free vegan chocolate muffin that you made and i still think about those Ooh, I should make you my chocolate tart one day. Blow your mind. Oh my goodness. Okay. I am so pumped about that. This is just us talking about food Uh, now. (laughs) Or like forget talking about diets. Love that. Oh, that reminds me actually. Another thing that I, that I guess remembered is just like I was mentioning earlier about how like one person's advice will not necessarily work for everyone. Mm -hmm. I, the, the whole thing about drinking eight glasses of water a day that does not work for every single person mm-hmm. because it depends on your activity level, your height, your weight, everything. Like I will be drinking less water than someone who is more active than me or than Ashley. Yeah. <laughs> because well, you like, work out six times a week. But like, I am like a water addict. I like people are like, where's your water bottle? If I don't have my water bottle on me, but like, not only am I active, I also run pretty hot. So mm-hmm. I, I sweat. And I need to replace it with water. Yeah. So totally. I drink a ton of water. But yeah, I know like I know a lot of people like eight glasses of water is just like no way. It it might be it might be not enough. It might also be too much. Like for me, apparently the uh what I should be having is between six and seven. That's so interesting. Yeah. So I was watching uh this one uh this one person on TikTok. This is where I actually got most of my prompts. Um she is a uh dietitian in training. So she's, uh, she's studying to be a, di- a dietitian. Um, so she was mentioning how in order to find out about how much you should be having a day, you do about, I think it's like 30 times your, your weight in kilograms and then 35 times your weight in kilograms. And that's your like ratio, what you get. So I got between six and seven cups, essentially. Interesting. You know so. what, just on that, like, as you were talking about the calculating, it brought something else to mind mm-hmm. and it's the BMI the body mass index. Oh, oh I have <laughs> so that is a total load of crapola mm-hmm. because sure. if you were to take a super fit bodybuilder, mm-hmm. their weight would have them listed as obese on this body mass yep. index scale, but they're not like they could have zero body fat, but because they have weight in muscle. So it's a really dangerous uh, technique or, or like, um, Standard. tool to be using. Cause it, like, unless you are not nourishing yourself enough, you're probably going to come up as obese. And that's like such a negative thing to be putting into people's minds. So like when anybody talks about BMI, I'm like, stop, no, you don't need this. Yes. No, that's, have- that's entirely true. What was that Stuart? Go ahead. Uh, I was going to say, I have a question for Janine. 
Yes, okay. <laughs> is there any diet that you recommend and is there any diet that you don't like and why? Oh, um, honestly, I'm not really into, uh, I mean, okay, first of all, I don't eat very well. I'll admit that. <laughs> so I don't know if I'm the best to like give advice on that. Um, really when it comes to like talking about diets and like diet culture and everything, it's more like, for me personally, it's less about like the actual food itself and more like how it is in culture, you know? Like, I think it was, this is totally going off a different page now, but um, I think earlier it was either like you, Stuart, or Andy said something about like the whole one meal a day thing. I feel like Ashley and Andy, you'll probably be with me on this, but like growing up, like socialized as a woman and like noticing in other women, like how they'll like kind of brag about not eating a lot of the time or they'll be like oh my god like I only had a coffee today blah 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 and like how that just really kind of takes it in a different direction you know so <laughs> again sorry Stuart that's totally not um answering your question because I don't have many opinions on diets but really when it comes to diets like I've seen so many of my friends like get into that mindset of like they'll take a diet and they'll take it to extreme where it's like yes I can only eat like five things in like tiny little portion sizes so really when I look at it, I'm like, I don't like diets. I feel like as a concept, I just totally don't get it because I've seen what it does to some people in that way, you know, if that makes sense. <laughs> I, um, it's interesting you sex. Like, obviously I'm not a woman or a lady, but like, I, I have like some understanding about that because I've always felt like when it comes to being a young lady, there's a lot of marketing around how you should look or how you should eat. And I kind of, from my own personal view, I kind of consider that like marketing, social conditioning and like mm -hmm. teaching people how to be. And I find it kind of sad really, because I don't feel like a young lady should be put in a position where they have to worry about, am I going to fit into how I look today in school or should I be skinnier? I find it kind of sad really. And that, it's not right how they do that and kind of like teach it's it's just a big roast to me when you see mm -hmm. a young 10 year old girl dressing like a 22 year old teenager i i feel like um maybe you two can speak to this ladies but i feel like the diet culture that was presented to me wasn't just through media and my peers it was copying my mom Mm -hmm. my mom my mom was constantly weighing herself she was constantly having fat-free food sometimes she would have a different meal than us she always tore herself down was always critiquing her body and I just learned that that's how you talk about yourself that's mm -hmm. like you have to be self-deprecating or you're too confident mm -hmm. so like I learned at a very young age that you should not be okay with your body mm -hmm. and like beyond that, since she was so critical of herself, she was also really critical of me. And I remember like it was yesterday, my mom sat me down when I was 12 and she told me I looked pregnant. And that was my first time uh, having an eating disorder. Oh my God. Wow. Yeah, so like, it's it's not just the media. Mm -hmm. It's really not. And, and I think I think people are becoming a little bit more aware of this now that the way that you treat yourself is how you teach your kids to treat themselves. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Like I, the thing you said about like your mom always talked about herself that way and like eating different meals. Like my mom's still like that. Like, I don't want to air her out too much on this podcast, but like, even like she's tiny, like Andy, you've seen her. She's like yeah. five foot, nothing. She's like <laughs> so skinny. And then she always like, she'll always have like, just like a little bite of a treat and be like, no, I can't eat any more of this. Mm-hmm. Or I'm only going to have this for dinner or whatever. And we're all eating like you know whatever else she cooked and she has like this little plate and I feel like I am I'm lucky in that sense that she really I don't know that sounds selfish but like she really only focused on herself and that she didn't focus it on me like Ashley you were saying about your experience so but I feel like yeah the mom influence is really strong Mm because it's so ingrained in them so it becomes what we model ourselves after it's just a big mirror Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. no it really is no, my grandmother, my mom's mom was like that. Uh, very, very, I guess, critical of herself uh, in terms of like the food she ate, how she looked like very, very maybe vain in that way. Mm-hmm. Luckily, though, I don't think that passed down to my mom because she's always taught me from like the beginning, from like a young age, like balance is key. You can have everything just in in moderation, you know, mm-hmm. like don't go one way, don't go the other, just like a little bit of everything is fine. Mm-hmm. Even if it's so-called junk food, like you're allowed to enjoy it. It's I okay. love that. Which is, w- which was really helpful for me, right? Because I, I know for sure the pandemic definitely affected me though in that, that I started overthinking, like I was like fixating on my weight, mm-hmm. not on my weight, on the way that I look. But other than that, throughout my entire life, I've been pretty good about I eat what I want kind of thing. As long as it's in moderation, I still enjoy. You see me, you see how much I love my baking. <laughs> I eat everything. And that's the impact of a positive influence. <laughs> love it. You love to see it. <laughs> it's good. Especially, yeah, no, I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it's nice to see that. But I know like even with like my mom though, regardless, like she'll still be critical of her own body. Mm-hmm. So that leaves me as well. It's kind of like, I guess it, that scene in Mean Girls, how, yeah. um, she was taught. Have you seen that, Stuart? Seen the movie Mean Girls? Yeah. Is that a TV show? It's a movie. I've seen part of it, not all of it. Yeah, I mean, you should go watch it. But the point of that is, is that in the movie, Katie, the 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 main character, she hadn't really been socialized in the way that we have been socialized here, and she was with the other three girls, and they were taking turns, basically criticizing, hyper criticizing their own bodies. And then they turned to her expecting her to say something and she didn't realize like she'd never really thought about that, about criticizing her own body because that wasn't a thing that she thought about. So she learned it later on. And that's kind of how I guess we learned that is by like, like Ashley and Janine were saying how we saw that in our own Mm -hmm. lives, right? Which makes it so much harder. (laughs) Friends or family, right? Mm -hmm. I'm really curious if any of you have any opinion on kind of the newest fad that I've heard about. Um, which is intermittent fasting. So I've heard some people say that it is just the greatest. And I've also heard other people say that it is basically a fancy name for an eating disorder. So like, what do you guys think about this? Is there a healthy way to do that? Is there a beneficial way for that to be in your life? Or is it just part of diet culture that is toxic? Very good question, actually. Because I know my friend does it. And he swears by it. He he swears, yeah, like he's he swears that he's lost weight because of it, and it's like attainable and everything. Me personally, like I just 
I couldn't, I don't think I could do it. I don't think I could. I feel like I feel very weak if mm-hmm. I don't have something and I don't like black coffee. I don't even like coffee to begin with. That's the thing that you zero <laughs> in on. <laughs> well, because like, that's what, that's what you're allowed to have in the morning because it's zero mm-hmm. calories. Right. So that's like at least something in your stomach, but I just, I couldn't do it personally. Yeah. I feel yeah. like I'm probably in the second camp of thought that you said, Ashley, where I think it's just, I don't know how we've taken not eating and now we're marketing it as something that you should do in a way, you know, because like, that's basically what I did in high school. Like I didn't eat throughout the day. I would have one meal for like dinner or whatever at nine o'clock and that was it. And I was like, that's, you shouldn't be like replicating that. Like how are you expected to survive off of that? And like with exercise too with exercise like I yeah I don't I mean I don't know how I did that but um, (laughs) either (laughs) so I really don't condone it like in current day I just don't see how it could be something that is a sustainable and be good for your body you know especially with working out like I just I don't know how I would be able to work out on nothing I've done that before and it's the worst feeling ever for me. Like I feel like after, like I don't have the energy for anything. I do probably half the amount of uh, like sets as I would normally do because I can't push myself further than that. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, it's just, I don't think it's, I don't really like it personally, but, um, but that also, I think that also comes along with the idea. I just thought of it eating after a certain time will make you gain weight. Mm. oh that's so frustrating to me so it's still calories doesn't matter when you eat it like it's still food. I, I've okay. talked about this a lot with um my good friend that's a took education and personal training and nutrition and it's kind of like a it's been convoluted into that but the the idea behind it is actually that you want a heavier breakfast and lunch because those are what is taking you through the day and then mm-hmm. a later dinner because you're, you're dormant. And it doesn't mean don't eat dinner or like <laughs> you can't have a snack all day and then don't eat. It just means that like, if, if you're like figuring out where your food fits into the day, have your higher protein, higher carb meals earlier so that you can get yourself through the day. And then at nighttime, when it's dinner time, you probably just could be sitting on the couch, then go to bed unless you work out at night. So there's not a, like a, a huge reason to be having a lot of carbs and protein at night, unless you're working out that night or first mm-hmm. thing in the morning. Cause mm-hmm. it's just, it's, I don't mean it's bad calories and the fact that you're going to gain weight. It's just like, I try to think of calories as like the gas in the tank. Mm-hmm. And it's like, why would I fill up my tank to have my car sit for the winter? So that's kind of my thought around it. Um, although, to be honest, I th- dinner is my biggest meal. So I'm contradicting <laughs> that anyway. Me too, honestly. <laughs> but I do work out in the morning. Like I, I get up at, at five and I work out at 5.30. So having a big dinner at seven is like, then I'm like good to go the next morning. I find when I have a really light dinner and then go to the gym at 5.30 and I'm like, this is so hard. Mm-hmm. See, that's exactly what, what we were talking about earlier. That might be true, but this specifically works for you. Mm-hmm. Something different than what's being said. Mm-hmm. So again, one size does not fit all. So mm-hmm. There you go. I, um, I feel like that 
in fasting things a bit absurd personally because like it started as a religious thing not a diet thing right so i feel like you're gonna lose weight when you fast because your your stomach is eating away at your fat because you're starving yourself so it's like I don't feel like you're losing weight because you're doing a healthy thing. I feel like you're losing weight because your stomach is eating away at your fat. So I don't understand it. I don't think it's like good, I feel, to like starve yourself. I feel like especially if you're working out that not eating after could lead to like lightheadedness. And if it works for somebody, more power to them. Like if you want to lose 30 pounds, go go do it and right on you know i just personally don't really like feel it's something like health beneficial yeah for sure yeah i think like like janine was mentioning it could feed into something that is a little bit more damaging mm-hmm. and having that you know like just one meal a day and and you know saying that that is a great thing and being proud of that when in reality you're not getting the nutrients that you need just like a weird flex <laughs> yeah or it's kind of like you know like with students right they're like I only got like an hour of sleep last mm-hmm. night because I was studying so much no that's not a good thing you should not be bragging about that <laughs> literally why are you bragging about not treating yourself right it's exactly <laughs> exactly I, yeah I, I liked what Jadine said about like when she was in high school eating one meal a day because I used to do that too and it took mm-hmm. me a long time to get away from that mm-hmm. habit where I wasn't doing that for diet purposes. I just figured like, oh, I'll have one big meal. It's no big deal. I'll go work. (laughs) And now I'm starting to realize that when I work out or go to work, like I need a meal to fill me up to get me through the day. But it was interesting because I felt like when I was younger, it was no big deal. You know, I didn't (laughs) didn't mind. It was just the normal thing to me. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. And then like, even now looking back, I was like, how? how did I do that? Like, even just like physically, how did I do that? Like, how did I run on, like Ashley said, no gas? Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I could do that again, but it's hard to like, unlearn. <laughs> I feel like there's a bit of a misconception and something that you brought up, Stuart, is that like, if you don't eat, your body will eat your fat. And that's not entirely true, is if you start starving yourself, your body is like, oh, we are in famine now. So we must save all of our fat to make it through the famine because that's how the world used to work is you would have your feast during the harvest time and then you would have your famine during the winter time when you don't have plants. Um, so our bodies still run on that survival setting and it, you, you retain weight if you start starving yourself. I think it goes for your proteins first, right? Like it'll break down your muscle before fat. Your muscles. Yeah, it goes for the muscle before your fat. Oh, I thought it was. I thought it was carbs then proteins then fats. Carbs aren't really stored in your body for that long. I don't think. Not very long. Yeah, it's like because proteins that gets used up first. Yeah, are in your muscles, so that's what they're gonna go for. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Well, thank you for clarifying, lady. I had one more question before we go, but I cannot remember. Oh, okay. Um, the idea of the this diet called intuitive eating. I never heard of that. So the idea of intuitive eating is literally just eating what you feel your body needs throughout the day. However, it's now been marketed as a diet because otherwise, I guess people won't listen. But 
the idea has always been there. It's you listen to your body and you eat what you need. But apparently that's a very new thing. How is that now presented as a diet? I just, I haven't heard of this before, so I'm interested. Basically, it's just the idea that, let me see, hold on, I had it here. So diet culture has has changed it into having to market it into that. Mm. So it's always been a thing. And we wouldn't have to be calling it a, uh, we wouldn't actually, we wouldn't even have to be calling it intuitive eating to begin with. It would just be called eating. Mm -hmm. But unfortunately, because of everything, because of diet culture, we have to be calling it something different. So is it kind of like them trying to take diet culture and kind of turn it back on itself and be like, now we have to market regular eating as something positive kind of thing interesting yeah because it's not I mean it's not actually like a diet but it's just the idea that we've had to change it from just regular eating into something Mm -hmm. called intuitive eating because the idea has always been it should the 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 I guess the healthy way to think about it is just you should just eat what your body needs Mm -hmm. if you're if you're craving an apple go for it if you're craving a donut go for it Mm-hmm. so it's kind of like body positivity in the exactly. diet world <laughs> exactly but it we shouldn't need to call it intuitive eating if it, that's just what eating should be to begin with yeah mm-hmm. I feel like that's just naturally how things kind of work at my house like so we plan out our meal like our menu for the week mm-hmm. um we do that every Thursday we plan out what we're gonna have for dinner each day and Tonight. sometimes we Ooh. get to that day and we're like yeah, I don't want that. It's like, well, what do you want? And do we have it? And sometimes we have it. And sometimes we're like, you know what? I don't want to cook. I don't want to clean. And I don't want what we're having for dinner today. And that's when the DoorDash comes. Yep. And like, we try not to do it often because, you know, like, I mean, for me personally, I have a stomach made of glass. So everything <laughs> upsets my stomach. So it's just not a good idea for me to not to eat food that I haven't prepared myself. Yeah. But um, I, I feel like that's, that is what's kept like my goal of, of, um, getting back to being fit so that I can go back to sports when the pandemic is over. It's kind of helped me guide myself through that in the healthiest way possible is that there are no rules. And it's like, if Monday's meal does not work for Monday and, but Thursdays do switch it around. Mm-hmm. It's cool. It's still food. Are you full? Good. Did you like it? Great. Good. exactly it's that idea basically that because diet culture exists we've had to change the way like name it something different when it should just always have been called eating eating exactly it's just the idea of eating to commodify everything come on (laughs) diet culture is toxic is what we're getting at there must be like books on it too that they're trying to sell like how to eat what you want oh definitely (laughs) That's such a market, I'm sure. <laughs> page one, eat what you want. Yeah. <laughs> the rest of the page is a blank. <laughs> Draw pictures of the food you want. <laughs> and that will be $30, please. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's just, I think it's just mind boggling to me how much things have changed. Because these are like, there are so many things here that I just didn't realize were part of diet culture, right? Like. Yeah. I didn't realize I was even affected by it. And just simply like like what I brought up at the beginning, just the idea of saying good or bad food. I still say that I'm trying to get away from it, mm-hmm. but it's still something I say, but that changes your relationship with food, right? Because then you feel bad about having a donut because that's bad, quote unquote. 
that's not true. It's just not nutritionally dense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, I mean, I feel like I try to do that. It's like all, okay, let's go back to the Oreos. An Oreo, it's like, this isn't good for me. Well, no, that's not necessarily true. It's not nutritious. It's not gonna get you farther. It's not gonna give you muscles. It's not gonna help you work out any harder, but like eat your cookie. Is it going to, is it good for the heart and soul? Yeah, and have it. It doesn't have to be nutritionally dense. It's okay. Cause that's something I'm still trying to get away from. I think most people are, you know, they still think of it that way too. Totally. So, but I just, yeah, that's one that I, that really caught my, caught my eye. I was like, I can't believe that that's the thing that, you know, I thought about that. I always thought one way. I've, um, I've always said everybody deserves a good cheesecake. (laughs) (laughs) And there's nothing, I feel like, you know, if you're like trying to be healthy and you work out or you're eating better than before, I don't see anything wrong with like sometimes having like Chinese food or donuts or Um, you got to live life to the fullest, you know, and if you want to eat a 20 donuts tonight, have 20 donuts. (laughs) You do you. It just always comes back to balance. Exactly. And I find that I have tried to change my, I, this is one thing I struggle with so much. I eat so fast, <laughs> like, and it's a problem. And that is one thing that I've been working on is like, not just like gobbling my food, but like enjoying it. It's an experience. You've put time and effort and money into making this dish and then you know, when you're full and I find that I'm not like my family always call it fat full. And I feel like that might not be the best word for it, but, um, like when you're like bursting, like you're, you're, you need to unbutton your pants. You're so full and realizing that that is not the goal. The goal is to be satisfied. Mm -hmm. And that feels so much better than being like, Oh, I can't even move. I'm so full. And switching to that mentality, like food has been a much more enjoyable thing for me because it's like, oh, I feel so satisfied now. <laughs> and you're more aware of what you're eating. Mm-hmm. No, good totally. life includes good food. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I wish Agreed. everyone could see all the finger guns I've been good at doing. I know. It's like I constant, was... like finger guns, and like peace signs well, this... and quotations. And... <laughs> That's why I just say like, I went like this and I was like, wait, no one, no, no one, one will see that. that. <laughs> So quote unquote, <laughs> that's okay. That's the, that's the beauty of uh, podcasts. And editing. And editing. We thank Janine for this. Shout out to future me. What's up? Shout out to future Janine. <laughs> Gonna be rich, have a mansion, you know, she's <laughs> oh, yeah. the world. <laughs> I'm just Janine. editing this podcast. That's where it's going to launch me. <laughs> oh yeah. Podcast editing will launch Janine into a future of riches. Yeah, stay tuned. <laughs> Make sure to include us. Don't forget. Well, I think that means we can probably end it off here in terms of uh, Diet Culture Podcast. So thank you so much, uh, Ash, Janine, and Stuart for joining. I very much enjoyed talking about these things with you. Mm-hmm. Thank so, you for uh, sharing all the thoughts, opinions. Yes, very much appreciated. Thank you uh, for having us. I'm really glad I got to participate participate in this <laughs> I'm, very excited. I'm really ga- glad I know <laughs> before I go I just want to say thank you for all of you for your time and whoever's listening thank you for taking the time to listen it was a great experience mm-hmm. 
Thank you, Stuart. Always a pleasure to chat with you, Stuart. <laughs> we'll see you next time.